starting uh, no no that's not okay hi hello <laughs> i'm Derek. Uh, avita saying goodbye i am no <laughs> this is true neutral <laughs> video games video games that's oh, a crash bandicoot i'm here to take the helm today as Ooh. i am going to talk about a game that i love near and dear to my heart some crash bandicoot and i've played a lot uh, uh not not a lot lot but like i've gotten through the, i got through the first three like, yeah no yeah, yeah definitely i've been through first them, three but not like fun not in a way that i've like paid attention or understand like I, I opened the Wikipedia just so I'd have some reference while we went through this, and I, I didn't even know it was on. A, like there you have a whole archaeological structure for for where this game is located, and have like locations and timelines and. They do, and there's more even than I thought there was, honestly, because I was looking into some stuff earlier today just. To get a couple of facts from, like, the story that I knew, like, just right in my head, just so I knew what I was for sure talking about. Right. It's been a, a little... I own the, the remastered trilogy, but the the last one I played was actually It's About Time, the fourth one, so... Boop, 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 boop. So, and honestly, I'm also, I'm going to say, I'm only going to be talking primarily about those four games. Like, I have played a lot of the other games, not all of them to completion. Like, I've played the Game Boy Advance one uh the spyro crossover game which is the only time that i can think of that spyro and crash ever had a crossover which is fun they did a a spyro orange and a crash purple yeah. and um like there was like wormholes that opened up they got sucked into each other's universes and the goal of the game was to like get through and get back to your own universe and what it was a really cool little crossover nice. they did and it was like for oh, only yeah. for the game boy advance and i thought that was pretty awesome that is pretty neat actually um and I've played, like, some of the other side, like, spin-off games. I played Crash Team Racing, obviously, which is an amazing fucking kart race game. If you love that kind of thing, it's like Mario Kart, but it's actually challenging. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, Crash Bash, which is supposed to be kind of like a Mario Party-style game, but it's actually fucking terrible. Don't play that game. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, there's Crash Twin Sanity, which is part of the storyline where him and Cortex are forced to team up for a game, and you, like, like tag team in and out of playing those characters. Yeah. I owned it for the PlayStation 2 when I was younger. Never got all the way through it. Was not engaged by it. Didn't like it. Not, not a particularly good game, in my opinion. Alright. Um... But I love the mainline games. Like, I grew up playing, like, I owned an original Nintendo, which I've said before, and then I, my next console was a PlayStation 1. Right. The first game I had with that, I got it with the console, was the original Crash Bandicoot. Hell yeah. Um, and it was such a fun game to play. It was it is, so good, and it is still, still really, really fun to this day. Yeah, I've got I've got the remastered on my Switch, and I'll be honest, the Switch is the perfect place to play that right now. It's been awesome. Um, I I have to say I I love the remasters. I have played through the entire trilogy remastered and the whole fourth game, obviously remastered, and, and by Toys for Bob and Activision, who owns it now. Right. Um, I love everything about it and i love that they remastered it they updated the way the physics works and the controls however and it's not the super precise almost sticky like you stop holding a direction and like you just stop moving midair and drop straight down right. like the new games the, the remaster and the newer games they have this weird like the, everything's very f slidey Right. Everything, like, there's momentum and slide to everything, and I am so ingrained in that very precise, sticky movement of the old games that it's I actually detracts from the game for me. It makes uh, it really hard for me to play them. Damn. 
Um, I, I enjoy them because they are beautiful, and I love that my favorite games are made pretty again. For, New and nice, yes. yes. But I don't like the controls. It, uh. it really pulls me out of it because it's not how I, like, I have memorized the movements for how to get through these levels, like, my, it's muscle memory at this point, and when my muscle memory for playing a level that I've played a thousand times as a child doesn't work in a newer version as an adult, it really frustrates me that I have to relearn a game that I already know. (laughs) I got that. So, that, it just really, (laughs) it really makes it hard for me. But they're really good. I'm not saying they're not good. It's just for me as a someone that played them as a child, it's really difficult. Um however, the story of them and I wanted to say a couple of things also before I get into like the meat of all of that. There's a few fun things cuz I did learn a few things by looking at the Wikipedia as well. Like for instance, there's very huge backstories for all these characters that I had no idea about. Yeah. Um, for instance, fun fact, I was looking up some of the characters, like, there's Dr. Neo Cortex, who's the main antagonist of Crash. He's the guy that made Crash and Uh hates him and wants him dead because he's a failed experiment. Right. There's, um, Dr. Nitrous Brio, who is his sidekick in the first game, who, when he fails him, is promptly replaced with Dr. N. Jin. And then in the third game, there's Dr. N. Tropy, who is Dr. Nefarious Tropy. N. Jin is the only one of these characters where the N has a period before the N, but it doesn't actually seem to stand for anything. It's just a letter <laughs> N. What? I literally, I looked it up, and I think they only use the letter N to make it the pun N. Jin. Because he has a rocket engine sticking out of his head. Right. I think they only put the letter N in there for that pun, because all the how, other characters... How does this fit into your theory, just out of curiosity? What are you... The N... Well, that's the kind of the same, the insane trilogy. Yeah, it's also got a period. It does, but... And it doesn't stand for anything, And it doesn't stand N. for anything. But that's also new. The, Dr. N. Jin was part of the original... He showed up in the second game? Third game. Second game? Second game. Cortex Strikes Back? Yep, second game. Yep, he... he. So, that's still Naughty Dog and the original writers doing that. Entranced. Yeah, I don't know what that game is either. Never heard of it. Entranced has a dash. It does. There's no no period, but there's a dash. <laughs> that's also another N1, though. Uh-huh. That's, that doesn't stand for anything. Yeah. So, I I think if it doesn't stand for anything, it's got a period, which is interesting, and I don't understand the the, the just reverse logic, I guess? Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I just found it interesting. Fun fun fact about the thing. Like, all the rest of them, the N stands for something, N Jin, it was just done for the pun. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) Fun pun time. Right. Uh, I I have a fun fact in here that I just read, uh, because I, I like this, um... Because you were constantly forced to look at the his ass. I was gonna call that yeah, out. Yeah, they, they called they jokingly called this the Sonic's ass game mm-hmm. while they were coding it. Cause yeah, you just gotta always look at Crash's ass. I also liked, and this is maybe a joke that only you and I and a few select Futurama fans will appreciate. Yeah. But it's it was made next to Gary, Indiana, somewhere by Gary, Indiana. Ah. Uh. Even I wouldn't send you to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> That's very good. Also, <laughs> yeah. also, shout out to Do Go On. Um, no, so one of my favorite things that I really wanted to call out was, and I didn't know this before, but um, when they were needing a lead character for the game, they knew that they wanted to make a genetically modified animal of some sort, and it was going to be based in a vaguely Australian-type setting, right. apparently. That was their idea. and Please so, tell me they wanted a platypus. No, so the marketing director... It's even worse. The marketing director of Universal Interactive insisted that the character be named either Wes, Wuzzles, or Wizzy the Wombat. What Wh- they actually... Wizzy? Wizzy the Wombat. What they actually landed on was Willie the Wombat until he became Crash Bandicoot. Well, that's not that's something that doesn't track actually. <laughs> what? 
Um, and I believe they actually decided that he would become Crash Bandicoot because, okay, so they were, they were going with Willy the Wombat in the early stages, right? And they were showing the game to Sony Computer Entertainment, trying to get it pulled through and, like, made into a full game and whatnot. And while they were doing development and playtesting it with people, they realized that there were, like, a lot of, like, big empty spaces and areas in the game that were, like, boring and there was nothing to do. And that the puzzles they were giving people were too easy. The puzzles were being solved too fast. All right. And so the solution to this problem, they decided, was the invention of the crate. And they made the crate, and then the crate could come in many different variations and forms with many different symbols on it to mean different things. So there was just like the basic crate that you jump on it, you you keep it breaks and it goes. I like the bouncy crate. I like There's, that for them that was probably a revolutionary thought and the way you just described it was that way. Yeah. But it's it's Mario Blocks? It is Mario Blocks. It's 3D Mario Blocks? And it, but it's interesting because I phrased it in my own way, but I essentially phrased it how they do in the Wikipedia article. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just it's just funny that like that that was that was probably something yeah. that they were legitimately like oh and that's probably how oh that'll be a great way to fill a space and we can do that and then like I like to imagine it's just that that meme happened where it's just like uh, yeah we can put different symbols on it and yeah that can fill the space and the the, the <laughs> third guy at the table goes uh, those, those are Mario bricks <laughs> yeah they throw them at the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh like Mario. <laughs> No! Yeah, no. Yeah, because to quote the actual article, uh, they realized that during development, Ruben realized many empty areas in the game, uh, ellipses. Additionally, players were solving game puzzles too fast. (laughs) He soon came up with the idea of a box and putting various symbols on the side to create puzzles. Breaking these boxes was served to fill in the boring parts of the levels and give the player additional puzzles. The first crate... Puzzle, puzzle. They call them crates, not cubes or boxes. That's mm. how it's different from Mario. The first crate well, in quotes. They're bricks in Mario. Yeah, yeah. No, bricks is, and blocks. This is first quote. Crate <laughs> was placed in the game in January 1996, and would become the primary element of the series. It is. It's a huge part of it, and like I, I won't deny like the the collectability of having to hit every crate is. Is a neat aspect that's like mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember having played a game before Crash, but at least when I was young, that, yeah, that where had they were like that, that had, wanted you to get everything as yeah, you went through, and it wasn't like an optional thing, like like Banjo Kazooie, you had the notes that you could get, but it didn't like make you feel bad for not getting them. Mm-hmm. Same with the <laughs> the extra stars in Mario 64. Yeah, yeah. That's you, a good it didn't make as you well. feel bad about not doing if, if you beat Bowser, you beat Bowser. Yeah, like, you yeah, know. Good job. Thumbs up. <laughs> Crash is if, like, you fucking idiot. If How you dare miss you boxes not? in the original Crash Bandicoot at the end of the level, some mystical force from the top of the screen drops all the boxes you missed on the level in his head, and he winces in pain. And the more boxes you miss, the more down on the ground he goes yeah. as they beat into it, until he's eventually just laying on the ground, just getting pummeled by boxes as they crack over his back. Legitimately, I like, feel bad for not for not going the extra mile. And then it goes out of the way to show you the little shadow of the gym you didn't get for getting yeah, all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the boxes was enough, alright? It was enough. I got it. Shit. Can I get a love bomb yet, you fucking abusive piece of shit? Yeah, it was that kind of brutal hazing that inducted me into platform gaming. Yeah, me too. <laughs> At the ripe old age of five years old, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> mm, fuck yeah. Uh. Um, but it was it was the, the destruction of the crates that would eventually lead to him being called Crash Bandicoot instead of Willy the Wombat. Ah, because he crashes. Which I find very interesting, because, uh, like, how cra- how different would we feel about the game if he was a Wombat instead of a Bandicoot? I um it depend on if it played any different honestly. Yeah, yeah. And like cuz we were 
Nobody knew what the fuck a bandicoot was. I still don't know what a real bandicoot looks like. I'm pretty sure they're on the endangered species list. I don't need my Wikipedia anymore, so I will look it up for you right now. <laughs> but I, I legitimately, I've never looked up a bandicoot. I didn't know what a bandicoot was. If somebody says bandicoot, I think of Crash. See, he doesn't look anything like that. Imagine if he was uh, toddler size and stood up on two legs. Nope. Doesn't look Give like him that. Give human proportions. Because you got to think that Crash Bandicoot is specifically a genetically modified... I'm, I'm I, about to get I, into the lore now, and so G- Crash Bandicoot is a genetically modified Bandicoot that was made by Dr. Neocortex to be a warrior, to be like he- a part of his army to help him take over the world. He's making an army of genetically engineered marsupials, which, weirdly enough, is very similar to the plot of Tank Girl. I'm just... <laughs> Just saying. The the war started and there was a genetically engineered version of kangaroos that like helped like the, that's that's part of Tank Girl lore. And so for this to be part of Crash Bandicoot and for me to like all of this is just very weird web that I'm connecting as I do all of these podcasts. Synchronicity. <laughs> I'm I'm connecting the web of my own mind as we go through this, learning more about myself. But um <laughs> So, yeah, so, and Crash Bandicoot is actually a failed version of those experiments, who is cast out from Cortex's, like, land or whatever, mm. and, like, he was ri- he was supposed to die, he was, like, thrown from, like, out the blimp or whatever uh-huh. that's in the first game that he's experimenting on, Right. and he ends up not dying, and then <laughs> the first game is Crash, like, so it's, it's set was on a place called... Was he thrown out with shoes? Yes. He had shoes on before he was thrown out. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I was I was just curious. It was nice of him to do that. I'm Cortex, pretty sure. I mean. Yeah, and his jorts. Yeah. yeah, that's all Crash wears. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was just nice of him. Not to unlike him. me. <laughs> Oddly enough, shoes and jorts. Yeah, that's that's been your whole summer look, and for the last. 15 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, my whole life. Yeah. That was just an estimate that's longer than I've known you, I think. <laughs> um, wow, not much. No, not much. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> alright. We're all having epiphanies here tonight. Yeah, alright. Let me just have a little crisis. <laughs> I tried to combine crash and crisis, and it just didn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the first game is most of the games that the Wikipedia will tell you that most of the games are set on the Wumpa Islands. This it probably includes a lot of the side games that I haven't played, and it's definitely because all of the game's starting point is the islands where Crash lives, which is the Wumpa Islands. Wumpa. Which holds the Wumpa Fruit, which is the weird little peach apples that you collect through the entire game. They're called peach Wumpa apples. Fruit. People argue whether or not they're peaches or they're apples. They are neither. They are Wumpa Fruit. Anyone that read the manual in the first PlayStation game would know that they are called Wumpa Fruit, but you're all uncultured swine. <laughs> no one read manuals. I swear to God, I was a manual reader. Before I ever I, put I the... read manual readers. Bef- I, was, I read manual <laughs> I read... readers. I read manuals as well. I also was a manual reader. Yeah. I've said both of those sentences at the same time. Yes. Um, before I ever put the disc in the console to begin with, I would read the entire manual cover to cover to make sure I knew the base story and all the controls for the game and anything that I needed to know. That's what the manual was for. Yeah. I miss the days of the manual. I I'm miss not going to lie. the days of the manual as well. I it, understand the lack of paper products, and I mean, digital downloads are probably doing a lot of good for the environment. I have the but energy to go through a digital manual. It's full of technical I, bullshit. I it's know, not it full sucks. of what it it's, used to be. It's not fun. You have to, basically, you just have to go to the Wikipedia page now if you want the yeah. manual experience, and that's But then still you get digital. spoilers, like... Yep. It's not, it's just, yeah, it, we are past the days of the booklet, and it, it is sad. I wish we still had it. The weight, I miss the weight yeah. of, a, of a game. I miss the weight of the booklet. booklet. Like, yeah. you pull the booklet out, and if it was, like, a thin one, you were like, ah, uh, damn. Now, you could tell before you open the case. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about, the weight of the case with the booklet in it, and you could feel the difference, and you could tell how much, like, the creator's cared is what it felt like because they had more information it was there was more art in there if they cared mm-hmm. more like 
It just, it felt special. I remember picking up the case for the Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1 when I first got it. Yeah. Which is three discs and a booklet Mm. that's, like, about 20 or 30 pages thick. And, like, that thing felt like a brick in my little hand. I was like, There is so much adventure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the first Crash Bandicoot game set on the Wumpa Islands... And its crash gets thrown out of the blimp that is owned by Neocortex after he is a fail, clearly a failed experiment. And still up on the blimp is his very sexually idolized girlfriend, Tana. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, right? Um, yeah, she's, like, super tall and blonde and busty and, like... She's, like... Crash only stands up to, like, her hip. Like, she's <laughs> tall. She's, like... He's the Roger Rabbit to her Jessica Rabbit. Like, right. straight up. Right. And, um... Which is also a fun trope I thought they played on. Yeah. At that age, I also loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I very instantly saw the disparity and, like, the the reference. And I was like, I, I get that. Which I, I don't... It. That's... I don't know, is what it is, but I, I understood that, even that point. Like, that yeah. made sense. And, um, like, so his whole goal is he's going up to, to save his girlfriend, who's still on the blimp. Right. Um, you go through the three islands, there's a bunch of different bosses. I should probably run through, like, there's a bunch of different bosses, like Papu Papu, Ripperoo, um, Pinstripe. Um, I don't remember Pinstripe's full name. You still have the Wikipedia pulled up. It's, um, but Pinstripe is one of them. Um, there's, uh, oh, the koala guy. I don't remember his first name, but he's a big buff koala <laughs> that he throws bricks at you and you have to fucking shoot him back at him. It's a really fun <laughs> game. It's a really fun game. And, um, your girlfriend Tana is like at the end, there's bonus lep, uh, le- bonus levels within each level which are very short and they're just basically crate grabs where you just go through and you try to break all the crates within the bonus level and get to the end of it and if you die in the bonus level you don't actually lose a life you just um like go back to where the bonus level actually in the first game you had to collect three tana heads to get a bonus level and you only got one shot at it which was goodness crazy yeah. yeah You only got one. And they were the only place in the first game that you could save, too, was at the end of a bonus level. If you didn't get to the end of a bonus level, then you couldn't save the game. Oh. And so you had to do that in order to save your progress. Damn. And so if you didn't find all three Tana heads in the level... Nitrous Brio? Yeah, Nitrous Brio is uh, Cortex's sidekick in the first game. He's like his his right-hand man. So we got Ripperoo, Koala Kong. Koala Kong, yeah. Pinstripe uh, Potoru? Pot- yeah. Potoru? Yeah, Pinstripe Potoru. Potoru. Yeah. Okay. That, that, Potoru is the type of animal he is. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for that because it sounds fake. It's not. Buddy, I said specifically not to yell down the stairs. Editing. <sighs> and then there's, um, yeah, the, the other Papu Papu, who's the first boss. He's a big old fat guy. Tribal chief. Yeah, tribal chief. You got butt crack hanging out. It's mm. real funny. <laughs> you, if you're a five year old, you gotta run around to the backside of him and then, like, jump when he's got it. Like, he smashes a big mace club thing down and he sits there for a second and you have to jump up on his head when he's all leaned over and his ass crack is clearly hanging out like it's clearly played for a joke right so (laughs) i get it it was just the way you still laughed about it now like you were five again and it was fun i'm a child thank you very much (laughs) i will always be a child as i drink my adult grape juice Fair enough. I'm going to drink my juice, and then I'm going to go get a blankie, and I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. That has never changed. <laughs> um, And then at the end, obviously, you get up to Cortex, and you end up defeating him, and you take his blimp down. 
His blimp crashes into the ground. Um, Fuck yes. Tana. Good job. Never seen again. <laughs> you just kill your girlfriend? I don't know. But she's never really seen again until the fourth game when you get a Tana from an alternate dimension. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you kill your girlfriend. You crash the blimp and kill it. That's so fucked. What? I don't, you don't intend to. You're fighting... Cordis. Obviously, you don't... That's really not the... <laughs> I think there's probably an ending if I had gotten 100% in that game where you... There's probably a cutscene where you end up saving her somehow. Because there's not only... It's an action platforming game, which I don't know. I have to say that about Crash, but some people might not know that, I guess. Um... And throughout it, 3D action platformer. Yeah, throughout it, in the first game, you collect the crystals at the end of each level. I believe, yeah, there's crystals, I believe. Maybe the crystals are only in the second game, actually. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember anymore. (laughs) It's been so long. I know there's gems you collect, and I know that, like, for getting every box, you get a gem in a level... You, actually, I think in the first game you had to get every box and you had to beat the level without dying also to get the gym. Yeah, alright. I was say, so, um, there's the, this, this character description of Tana has it that, uh, after Crash defeats Cortex and rescues Tana, they live idyllically together until Tana leaves Crash for a pinstripe preceding the events of Crash Bandicoot 2. Oh. Cortex strikes back. Well, there is nothing of that in any of the in the games at she all. She and Pinstripe later appear as playable characters in the party game Crash Boom Bang. I've never heard of that game in my life. Well, it's called Crash Boom Bang. Okay. It, it, it ends with an exclamation point. Okay. Crash um, Boom Bang! <laughs> that's hilarious, and I had no idea about that <laughs> piece of lore because it is not in the games in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Fantastic. She just disappears after the end of the first one, and you never see her again. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then, it, so yeah, in the first game you can collect at least the gems. I know for sure you collect gems for beating the level by getting all the boxes and not dying. And then there's a couple of secret paths you can take to get, um, there's two keys within the game and if you get both keys they unlock bonus levels that you can then play to get more gems which just is more collectibles I guess I'm not exactly sure what they do because I never got all of them there's probably some sort of secret ending or something but I never took the time to actually do it it's hard fair enough it's it was a hard game back then and it's a hard game now <laughs> um crash 2 I've never 100%ed any of these games except I think the th- third no i didn't even 100 the third game because there was the secret bonus levels that i couldn't quite get all the shit in oh okay so fun fun fact crash bandicoot 2 in trance that one you didn't know about is a different game boy advance one okay interesting because i only know about crash bandicoot 2 cortex strikes back yeah which is a 1997 platform video game developed by naughty dog and published by sony computer entertainment for the playstation that sounded a lot like the original naughty dog voice Props to you, sir. <laughs> that was just a basic 90s ad Created voice. Created and developed by Naughty Dog. <laughs> the Crash Bandicoot guy at the beginning of every game. Yeah, I don't know. You it, played the first three. I, I played them a lot. I Crash played, Bandicoot Wars! I, I, I need you to understand that 99% of my video game playtime has been played with something else playing. Oh my goodness. I, even when I was a kid, I had music playing. I, my parents did in the background, but I was hyper focused on my Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of like the only game I listened to very much was the Pokemon games, which is weird. But yeah, I still get hyper focused on my Crash Bandicoot. It's weird. <laughs> I I hyper focus on it if I have something else to distract me a little bit. Um, but for Crash 2, it takes place, like, immediately after the game, first game ends. And actually, the opening cutscene of the second game is Cortex falling out of the sky after you knock him off his blimp. And him falling into a cavern where he, like, lights a match and he finds, like, these hovering purple crystals. 
and he's now using them to power these portals that go to different places that he's like pulling power from and using to like try to take over the world. That's always his plan: is world domination. World domination, fantastic, classic evil scientist. Yeah, That's trying to love. stop him from world domination. We love that around here. He's now since gotten rid of Brio, Doctor Nitrous Brio, because he's stupid and failed him. <laughs> In the first game. Yeah, you had to fight Brio, too. He was one of the bosses, right, right. towards the end of the first game. And um, now he has a new prodigy called Dr. N-Jin, who I talked about earlier. The N doesn't mean anything. Right. Just N-Jin, which is fun. Because it's an engine. Yeah, because it's an engine sticking out of his head. <laughs> um, and so through this game, you go through, and your main objective is to... There's 25 main levels... And your goal is to go through and collect the 25 crystals that are in each level. And then that will lead you to the boss fight with Cortex because you've stolen all the crystals back from him that he's using to power his doomsday machine. Right. And then you have to do this final fight with him. They've introduced a f- bunch of fun new bosses that are newer to this game. You, you, had... didn't, you didn't point out that... Um... Doctor now there's Coco, I suppose. Yeah, well, th- yeah. Where does his sister come from? If he's a failed experiment, like I uh, this unexplained. <laughs> she just kind of shows up at the beginning of the second game with a laptop, and she's like, "That's the whole the intro of the thing." And she's like, "Crash, my laptop battery's dead. Will you go get my charger?" Which is weird because she or get her a new battery. That's what she asked for. She asked to go get her her other battery for her laptop. Oh. Because she's sitting on the beach on her laptop, and it dies. And he, like the silent protagonist he is, Crash never says a word except, Wow! <laughs> and, um... Yeah. So, he goes to get the, the battery for his sister, and ends up accidentally running through a portal that just opens up in the pathway in front of him, and then he gets dumped into Cortex's area, lair, where Cortex then tells him that he's changed his ways and he's trying to save the world from dying and he help, needs to help Cortex collect the crystals to do the thing or whatever. Right, right. And um, as you go along, you know, there's fun new bosses that you have to go through. Uh, Tiny Tiger is a great boss. I love Tiny. Um, there's the Komodo Bros who are Komodo dragons that have scimitars and they do tricks with them and stuff and that's fun that was a good battle um you have to fight Jin at one point which is yeah you did fun yeah that's what that's what i stopped you about the first time is Jin's name is it's not spelled like jine it's it's gin no, no like, gin like, like, like the, the drink beverage, gin yeah. which is why they're allowed to pronounce it like that otherwise it would be engine but it's engine which is why it's a pun that's just fun <laughs> Oh, it would have been good to do it like D-J-I-N-N. Yeah, engine. But he's not, he's like a another scientist guy, so. Yeah. He's actually super well, he more. Could, he, he could have turned into a spirit at the end and then, uh, and then sequel bait. Engine is super more even technologically based than Cortex. Like, he makes giant mech suits and things to fight you usually, which is interesting. Hell yeah. Um... And I believe there was another boss in that game, and I can't remember. Ripperoo. Ripperoo. Yeah, Ripperoo makes a comeback. That's right. Which is the last time we will see Ripperoo, unless he's in one of the side games. I think he's in Crash Team Racing, right? He is in Crash Team Racing, which I consider a side game. Does Much so. like Crash Bash and stuff. Um, And so then you get through them, and then it turns out that Cortex was playing you the whole time in order to get you to get the crystals, and then you have to stop him. Surprise, surprise, bad guy is bad. Um, also, throughout the game, there's uh, gems you can get by collecting all of the boxes in the level. This time, without having to beat the level without dying, you can just collect the boxes. And if you press a button, there's a marker at the top of the screen, which tells you how many boxes are that you've gotten. Right. Not how many are in the level yet. Just how many boxes you've gotten in the oh. level. <laughs> That's not actually... Helpful. That... <laughs> in any way. I know. Okay. 
Um, also, you don't have to get to... There's a bonus level still within each level, but this time, you don't save there. There's a save spot in the world bunker for you to go save at any point you want to. That's nice. Which is a huge upgrade from the first game. The, the save spots in the first game was the biggest detraction from the first game. That's that's a terrible spot for a save spot. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? The end of a bonus level. Stop it. Which is already hard enough to get to in the first place. It, like, are you kidding me? There was also other faces you could also, in the first game, I forgot to mention, there's also Cortex bonus levels and uh, Embryo cor- uh, bonus levels. But they were, like, super secret bonus levels. They were really hard to find. Like, right. I only found a couple of them as a kid because it was just, like, what? <laughs> like, things like they weren't in boxes or anything. Things like you'd have to find a specific thing and be able to jump up off the screen to be able to find, like, this hidden face that was there, but you'd have to know what was there to get to, like, it ridiculous. <laughs> Secrets that were uh, clearly secret. Secret secrets are no fun. Secret um, secrets tell someone. And then at the end of that game, you're up in space and you go through a fight with Cortex and you shoot him back down. And at the end of that game, you both rocket back down to Earth and you you both live. But then you he crashes through, at the, which starts the third game because all of these games just take back to back to back right. timeline wise. He crashes through a thing, which then um, opened, awakens your mask, who I guess I haven't mentioned to this point, Aku Aku, um, who is your kind of protector, who, interestingly enough, apparently used to be a human, but his spirit got infused into a mask. Yeah, I was reading on here, I was caught off guard because uh, they, they, they modeled him after uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO, like, combined. Like, he'd be an old man that only spoke in, like, grunts. Huh. All right. Yeah, I thought that was a really weird thing to bring up. Yeah, because Aku Aku is one of the most vocal people in the entire series. Yeah. I like Aku Aku. He always made the game real cool. I, I've always wanted a, just a mask. Right, like, like, that'd be cool. to have one. Um, but Cortex enters another cavern, which ends up awakening Uka Uka, who obviously is Aku Aku's brother, who apparently also used to be a person and then got infused into a mask, and they're brothers, and one's good and one's evil. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Fair. Whatever. Evil entity known as Uka Uka. Yeah. Um, and then him and Uka Uka team up, and they find this guy named Dr. Nefarious Tropy, who Dr. Entropy, obviously, he controls time. <laughs> That's his thing. And now, instead of hopping dimensions, the portals lead you to different places in time that you're able to go to and see, and those are the levels now. And once again, the entire premise of the game is there's 25 levels, and there's 25 crystals, there's a bunch of gems that you can get. This time, in Crash 3, they implemented a bunch more fun, um, like, game things um, as you beat each... Um, like, in the second game, they introduced that you could do belly flops. You could spin and jump on enemies to kill them, and then in the second game, you could also do belly flops, right. and you could crawl and slide. In the third game, you could also do, um, double jumps after you beat one of the bosses. You gained a power to do a double jump. You gained, like, a super spin, which when you're doing it allowed you to, like, hover or jump over f- bigger gaps if you span, like, you're doing your spin attack. Span. Yeah. Spun. Spun. <laughs> um, if you span the gap. Yeah, yeah, if you span as you went over the gap. Span as you span, spin as you span the gap. Spin, spun span the gap. Spun as you span the spin. You gotta spin, span the gap. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's how you that's how you speed run you spin span <laughs> you spin span the gap <laughs> you spin span the gap you spin span <laughs> fuck if that's not canon for how you speed run Crash Bandicoot speedrunners what the fuck are you doing with your <laughs> you gotta spin, spin span, span the, the gap, the gap. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb <laughs> that's probably the greatest thing we've ever said <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
eventually you get a very Donkey Kong 64-esque bazooka that shoots Wumpa Fruit. That's a lot of fun to use in the third game. It's very fun. I love using the the bazooka. It's it's great. Um, And then one of the final things you get is uh, running shoes. You get shoes that let you sprint. Because then once you've beaten all like a level you're allowed to go back through the levels in both the second well in all the games you can go back and play through whatever level and try to get it better or whatever but in the third game if you go back and play through a level you can hit a little clock at the start of the level and that'll run a time trial which is literally just speed running the level as fast as you can yeah which once you get the running shoes is made a lot more feasible for you to do um, and there's different relics that you can get, which are little onks of different color. They Onk. go all the way from, um, there's like bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. And the platinum are the best ones you can get. And there's like, you literally just speed running each level as fast as you can. There's a timer that runs. Some of the boxes, if you spin them as you run by, there's numbers on the boxes and they'll stop the clock for X amount of seconds as right. it's painted on the box. Which, and it just makes it really a fun challenge to do. Two things. I know Ankh is a very old symbol. Ankh. <laughs> uh, two. <laughs> Uka Uka is actually the mastermind of the original two games as well. Really? Yeah, it's it's got a quote here. Um, Uka Uka, none have dared to fail me, fail the great Uka Uka even once, but you, Cortex, you have failed me twice. Great Uka Uka, it was that infernal bandicoot. From deep inside my temple prison, I sent you with simple instructions to follow, but you lost the gems, you lost the crystals, and I have lost my patience. Alright. I've forgotten lore from my memory. I'm Because I'm sure that's a direct quote from the beginning cutscene of the third game. Uh, it's it's from some point, yeah. Uh, that's that's the, I I'm remembering it as you read it to me. It was the beginning cutscene of the third there game. There is now no other power source left on this planet. I don't know that. I think that was which is why they had to find entropy and go back in time to find places where the crystals and gems were still. Yeah, it's not a time machine. It's a time twisting machine. That's fun. There's a whole subplot in the second game where if you collect the crystals, Doctor Nitrous Brio is gonna help you do something, but he also just backstabs you in the end. But I never did that all the way because it's really hard to get all the crystals when or the gems when you're a kid. Yeah, it's really hard. That's fair. Um, and then, yeah, in the third game... And in the second and third game, there's also secret bonus levels that you can get to. There's a set of five secret bonus levels that you can unlock um, that hold extra gems for you to gather as well. Which, once again, never got them all. They might just be collectibles. They might lead to a secret ending. I have no idea. Right. Still great games. Now that I've gotten through that, I have quite a bit to say about the fourth game because it's. Can, can I? Can I? I want to just go over something in the plot for I'm reading about in the third game. That's Re- fair. Really quick. That's fair. I didn't even go over bosses in the third game. I should yeah. probably do that. Tiny Tiger Dingo Tiny Dial. Tiger. Dingo Dial, who's a new a new bringer bringer in, who's really fun. He's lit a Dingo Crocodile. Who, that's the first fight that you play as Coco. There's a couple of levels in the third game where you actually play as Coco, um, only when she's riding her tiger, Pura. Pur- a lot of people yeah. pronounce it Pura, but I always called her Pura because she's a cat. <laughs> it just makes sense. I, You know, with the rest of the writing of this game, that makes sense to me as far as... They didn't add an extra R, which is a problem. You you got that wrong. I'm sorry, your spelling is wrong. But I have always called her Pura because <laughs> she's a cat. It just it seems like what they were going for, in my opinion. Crash's polar bear is named Polar. Okay, <laughs> that's his name is Polar. I love that little shit. He's cute as fuck and he's fun to ride. But his name is Polar. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's my questions, or here's just the thing I want to bring up. Um, the time-twisting machine implodes and traps Uka Uka in a timeless prison with Cortex and Entropy who have been turned into infants. Wait, what? Upon- read that back to me one more time. Alright, I'll read the full sentence. I only I only left out the very beginning. So, upon the defeat of Cortex and Uka Uka, yes. the time-twisting machine implodes yes. and traps Uka Uka in a timeless prison with Cortex and Entropy who have been turned into infants. Yes. 
Okay, you you did hear me right that time, and you're just agreeing with that. Yes. That makes sense to you. Yes. All right, no more questions. Let's hear what <laughs> After that game, I kind of fell off. There was the very first game that came out for the PlayStation 2 that was for Crash that I played. It was the very first game that was a Crash Bandicoot game that was not made by Naughty Dog. Right, that would have been The Wrath of Cortex by mm. Traveler's Tales. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, I played it to completion um, because I don't give up on things, but I was you not a fan. Your satisfaction. I was not particularly a fan. That one did bring in another, at this point, classic character, though, who is Crunch Bandicoot, who is okay. basically the proper version of what Crash was supposed to be. Uh, a giant, super mongoloid, beefy bandicoot. Why was he using bandicoots? I don't know exactly. He used lots of animals. You got Koala Kong, we got Pinstripe Potteroo, we got uh, Ripper Roo, we have, like, uh, the, the, the Komodo Boys, the Komodo Bros, we've got Dingo Dial, who's a dingo and a crocodile mixed together. That's fucking cool. Like, there's, he's using a lot of different animals. Okay. Bandicoots seem to be, like, the grunt work, though, I would say. Alright. that I guess that makes sense. Sorry, I was reading about Coco because I was confused about her existence, but it's explained. I'm sure it is. I've learned that a lot of these characters have it's vast... It's in Crash Bandicoot 4. Is it? Did I just miss that subplot? Uh, is subject of an unlockable flashback tape. Yep. Level. Missed that. Didn't play those. I'll get into why that is in a minute. All right. <laughs> um, it's mostly the control things I actually went over already. Okay. But, <laughs> um, so getting into the fourth game, yeah. So I missed, aside from Wrath of Cortex, I missed a bunch of the games that came between that and Crash 4, It's About Time. Um, I did play a little bit of Twin Sanity, like I said. Did not play it to completion. Didn't like it. Um... So we got Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex, The Huge Adventure, 2, Entranced, uh, Ripto's Rampage, you played, Twin Sanity, you played, Crash Boom Bang, Crash of the Titans, Crash Mind Over Mutant, and then uh, a bunch of cart games yep. were in there as well. Yep. I did play a smidgen of Crash Tag Team Racing. Um, it was not terrible. Okay. But... So Crash 4 actually enthralled me. I, I had played it a little bit. When I first got it, I think I talked about that on podcast before. I played it a little bit when I first got it. I got given other games, kind of let that one fall by the wayside. Hadn't gone back to it for a long time. Listened to Joel Dusher yell at me about finishing my games, and decided to go back and finish my game. So I did it. Um, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I still didn't like the controls, just like I. If they're the same controls that happened in the the Insane Trilogy. Because it's still made by Activision, and it's still made by Toys for Bob, and they have that control scheme, and I, I, I understand it, I just don't like it. It's not for me. Um, there's a lot of different things, before I really get into like the lore of it, I want to talk a little bit about the mechanics of it. Okay. Because it's a lot of fun. The graphics are beautiful. Um, for a Crash game, if you like that kind of cartoony fun, like you're you're playing a video game graphics, they're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It looks amazing. There's two different modes for every level. You can either play it in the game in modern mode, which is like you don't have lives, and collecting the Wumpa Fruit only goes towards... So, I guess I should say, in each level there's a total of six gems that you can get for completing a level. Three of those gems are for getting 20, 40, and 80% of the Wumpa Fruit throughout mm -hmm. the level. Like, just the overall Wumpa Fruit that is in the level. Right. You can get another gem for getting 100% um, of all the boxes that are in a level. Right. Get an, uh, another gem for beating the level in less than three lives lost. And then there's another sixth gem that is a hidden gem that can be physically found in each level. Jesus. So there are six gems per level. That's a lot. 
And there's two ways to play each level. There's either modern mode, in which there are no lives, and you just restart at checkpoints, and it just keeps a ticker of how many times you've died in each level. Alright. Um... Or you can play it in classic mode, which you have a set amount of lives. 101 per fruit equals a life. If you get all your lives lost, it's game over and you have to start the level over from the beginning. Cool. I played the game in modern mode because it felt like it was meant to be played in modern mode. Right. And let me tell you, it fucking is. (laughs) There's a couple of levels towards the end that by the end of it I had died upwards of 60 times, 70 times. Damn. And at the end of it I was like, thank God I'm done with this level, I never have to fucking play it again. (laughs) Literally set my controller to the side, threw my hands in the air and took a hit, and I was like, fuck that level. (laughs) Never playing it again in my life. (laughs) I have no desire. I'm not your Venus, I'm not your fire, I have no desire. (laughs) None. (laughs) Alright. Um, so, the modern classic (laughs) mode switch was, um, I I thought a lot of fun, I played it in modern mode, which was very good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, there was the ability to choose either Crash or Coco to play as each level, which was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't play as Coco the entire time. I tried to. I remember the first time I played the game. And the my problem with playing as Coco is she is about a character and a half. It's like, like one crash and a half tall. Right. And um, she her kick attack is a little bit slower than his spin attack. Um, okay. However, the, all of the physics work the exact same for both of them. Oh. And so me just intuitively already knowing how to play his crash and how tall he is and how he works in the levels made it really difficult for me to play as coco this is also also a feature of the the trilogy the remake of the trilogy right um once again i only played as crash because i'm not good at playing as coco (laughs) um i did not gather all of the gems in each level um, because mainly the only reason to gather all of the gems in each level is for extra skins that they give you to make you, your Crash and or Coco look different. It's just Fun. new skins. There's I love that. a shitload of them. I if love that's that. your thing, there's skins that you can gather out of each level. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. There's so many of them. However, I don't have the time or energy for that, and I don't care about the skins. At all. I am a man that played through the entirety of the Spider-Man game and only bought the new suits for the powers they gave me and only went back to the original suit every time. That's insane. I I could not give it two shades of shit less about new skins. It means nothing to me. So, I did not pursue that in any way, shape, or form. I solely played the storyline. Um, there's also inverted versions of each level, which is the exact same level, but it's all different. It's all backwards in some way, shape, or form. That makes sense. Um, which also give you another six gems in the exact same fashion as the original levels do. It's like there's 12 gems to collect for each level instead of six, basically. Right. Um, and those gems also count towards... (laughs) He's playing at the moment. He's playing as I speak. Um, I the, those gems also count towards. So if you like in the r- original version of the level, you're only able to get four of the gems, and you can't get the last two or whatever. Have no fear. If you really want the skin out of that level, play the inverted version. Get some of the gems out of that level, and it all counts towards the same thing. Oh, that's you fun. can still get the skin. The the it's cumulative between the two versions. I love a cumulative. Yeah. <laughs> um there's also some fun side missions which I did not finish either cuz I was only finishing the main storyline but there's three different characters that have side missions throughout the fourth game. Okay. You get a, an alternate uh dimension version of Tana who is like a pirate and has a cool blue mohawk and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And comes from a dimension where she cryptically like vaguely talks about 
Crash and Coco being dead in her universe, she says a couple of times, like, she has to do it alone. I'm not gonna lose you again. Oh, and, like, like, ties them up and won't let them come with her, like, yeah. So, apparently, Crash and Coco die in her universe, and she's not willing to have that happen again, so she's oh, helping no. them in this universe. <laughs> That's sad and fun. Uh, um... There's a version of Dingo Dial who's pulled from the exact same universe as you guys are in, except he's just retired now. <laughs> um, and a bunch of quantum robots show up, or time robots. I don't know what they are. Quantum robots, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Quantum show robots. up and um, destroy his little uh, restaurant that he's made for himself. And um, so now he, and then he gets sucked into a portal, and his, basically, his only goal is to get back home so he can rebuild his restaurant and continue being retired. He's got a <laughs> vacuum gun that's a lot of fun to use. How does a vacuum gun work? It sucks things towards you. I, I, okay. And, like, so, like, if you suck a regular box towards you, it just, like, breaks, so there's lots of boxes, like, out on the periphery where you wouldn't be able to jump to, however, you can use your vacuum gun and just suck them towards you. Um, his levels tend to have a lot of boxes in them because you can just run around holding the trigger on the vacuum and it just sucks everything towards you as you aim it around at things and it's fun to use. If you suck a TNT box up, it sucks it up and then starts the TNT launch and then you can shoot things off of it afterwards. There's like a a shoot section after you have something sucked forward and stuck to the gun. So you can then launch like a TNT block at an enemy and have it explode and shit. Like, cool. it's just generally fun to use, especially in a game where they didn't bring back the bazooka that Crash had. Right. This was kind of their version of doing that, and it was a lot of fun to use. I appreciated it. I didn't finish his levels, but the levels I played, I enjoyed playing. Um, so, there's that, and then there's a side mission set for Dr. Neo Cortex, because there's a part of the game where... So, the beginning of the game, now we can get into the lore of it, because that's right. where it kind right. of... I have to... Um, the beginning of the game starts they've been in this quantum realm or whatever where Tropy and Cortex got turned back into infants or whatever Right. they've been stuck there for long enough that they are now back to being adults (laughs) because basically from what I gathered at the beginning of the first game it's kind of a Dragon Ball Z thing where they're it's almost like they're stuck in the hyperbolic time chamber is the best analogy I have. Right. All right. It's it's like the Boo saga when they're stuck in the hyperbolic time chamber and Majin Boo screams so loud that he rips a hole in the in the dimension and he's able to escape through yeah. it. Yeah. Like Uka Uka does something similar where he just uses this giant blast of power to create this rift in time and space. And the, But he expends all of his power, and he collapses down onto the floor of the plane they're in. And Entropy just kind of looks down at him, and he's like, Well, he's of no further use to us. Come on, Cortex, we're leaving. And they just ditch him. They just leave, and then the rift closes back up, and they leave an unconscious Uka Uka mask, like, just in this weird time-space continuum rift. That seems pretty brutal. <laughs> and, and then the game starts, and it's... Like, Cortex is kind of working for Entropy now. Like, they're partners, but Entropy is definitely more, like, the mastermind at this point. Yeah. And, like, there's this really, like, part at the beginning where, like, they kind of make you feel for Cortex a little bit in this game. Where he's, like, working on the inside of this machine with the wrench and Embryo and Engine come up and they're both, like, look... Look, we're working on these things. Like we have these <laughs> awesome doomsday machines. You're gonna love them. They're gonna. We're gonna get them. We're gonna fucking get it this time. Right. And Cortex like barely even looks over his shoulder, and he's just like, "Yeah, do whatever you want. Aww. Like, whatever." Aww. <laughs> like he's just like kind of given up at this point. He's sad. just really sad. <laughs> and, like, and you go through the game, and you you beat people. There's a bunch of fun bosses. Um, there's. A, a smaller world set of... Well, there's more worlds, but a smaller boss set. Right. There's a lot of worlds. There's a lot of levels. I think the level count's like 43 or something like that in this game. Right. Um, and that's including, like, the the side missions, I believe. Okay. For the various characters. I also... The reason I didn't get that lore is because I got those flashback tapes. I got some of them. But um, I just assumed they were for more, like, skins and things, and so I was like, I can't be bothered to do that. So I never did a single one of them, so I missed out on a bunch of lore, apparently, there. <laughs> yeah, do you want to hear why Coco exists? Uh, sure, yeah. 
It takes real that Coco was created by Cortex a month after Crash's escape from his castle and was Cortex's last bandicoot before he would consider replacement animals. Coco's signature overalls were a hand-me-down originally crafted by Dr. Embryo's mother and donated by Cortex without Brio's, con- without Brio's consent. <laughs> Damn. That's funny. Yeah. It's good shit. Um... So, yeah, the first boss you fight is um, Jin in the fourth game. He's made a really cool... All of his levels are, like, music and sound-based. Uh-huh. And he's made a really cool, like, um, drum machine boss that, like, does drum beats at you and sends cool. enemies out of it and shit. It's a really fun, cool thing. I like that. Um, you fight Dr. Embryo, whose thing has always been, like, um, potions and chemicals and stuff. Yeah. So he always turns himself into, like, monsters with his chemicals and things like that, and then comes after you. Um, you fight Dr. Uh, Neocortex is actually the third boss. Yeah. And that's the first time in the game where I think I actually cracked, like, a smile. And not only did I smile, I laughed and, alone in my trailer, talked back to my TV. <laughs> because there's this whole big thing where you're doing the snow levels and you're going up against Cortex and you have to ride Polar down a hill as Cortex is on skis skiing away from you and throwing things behind him trying to get you. Yeah. And as he's going down, he's, like, for the first time in the game, he's, like, laughing and, like, clearly enjoying himself and throwing things. And he's like, oh, it's just like old times again. <laughs> and throwing things over his shoulder. And I always loved his voice acting because Cortex has the most over-the-top dramatic voice. And it's right. just amazing. And then he's like, there's one part, like, midway through the fight where he's like, he looks over his shoulder at Crash. He's like, I'm having fun. Can you tell? <laughs> and then, like, he goes over a jump and he just, like that, he just starts laughing, like, maniacally. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I looked at my TV and I was like yeah for the first time in this whole game I can actually tell that you're enjoying <laughs> yourself man it's good it's a good look on you <laughs> like, like he's been so sad this whole game and he's finally enjoying himself and then you beat him obviously yeah. and he's sad and then Entropy like betrays him and turns his back on him and reveals that he's gone through all all the dimensions, and this I found was a funny thing, because this game was made well before the Disney show, Marvel show, Loki, was mm-hmm. ever made. But Dr. Nefarious Tropy has gone through the various multiverses, or dimensions, or whatever they call them in that game. And um, he's found an alternate version of himself, a female version of himself. And they are now partners in crime, going to take over all of the various dimensions... I'm I'm so sorry. Loki's been in development since at least 2017. And when was this game? It was put released out? in 2020. 2020. Okay. Okay. Uh, they might have pulled plot points then. Yeah. They might have. Also, that's an old comic book plot line. I'm pretty sure. Is it? I'm. I'm I didn't sure really read a lot of Thor, Loki, and stuff. So. I, I'm pretty sure most of that is just reused bits and pieces of old comics. But but he finds a version of himself. And, like, they're, like, super hardcore, like, flirting with each other, like, the entire cutscene, to the point where even the other characters in the cutscene are, like, looking at the screen that they're on, being very weirded out by it. (laughs) Everyone except for Dingo Dial, who has a big grin on his face and kind of elbows Crash, and is like, huh? Huh? Like, pointing at the screen. (laughs) And Crash is looking at the screen with this very innocent, like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on look. (laughs) That's like, good. any good silent protagonist. Yeah, he's entirely <laughs> sexless. It's weird to think of him attracted to anything. Tana was his girlfriend. He should be entirely sexless. in the sexless. first game, so... That was the point of the first game. Yeah, but, like... You kind of imagine it like Roger Rabbit, like... They play patty cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were playing patty cake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, but then, yeah, you get through the end, and you finally end up beating Dr. Nefarious Tropy and his female counterpart, um, locking them both in another time-space continuum that presumably they won't be able to break out of. Um, it's, it's, overall, I was very enthralled by it. It was a lot of fun. 
However, I found that the controls just weren't to my taste. Um, having been so ingrained in the original, original games and the way they function. And, um, I, I can't be bothered to get skins for things, which means 100%ing this game is probably not in my future. As much, I left it on my console that has almost no space on it, thinking that I might want to go back and play through some of it. Maybe I want to play through the side missions. Now I want to go back and find all the the flashback videos and play through them and see the lore that I missed. Yeah, because I, I looked up specifically Coco, because I was like, in my mind I was like, okay, Crash now reproduces asexually in my head. There's probably a lot of stuff, because I went to the page, the reason I found out about Jin not having a name is because I specifically looked up his his bio on the Bandipedia fandom yeah. earlier today, because all the rest of them were listed by their full name, and he wasn't. And so I was like, well, why is that? So I went to his thing to find his full name, and he just doesn't have that. <laughs> it's just not... It's not even referenced or said why or anything. So I just assume it was done for the pun alone. Right. But, um, yeah, there's probably a lot more lore that I missed in there. So I'll probably go back and do the flashbacks, but I cannot be bothered to um, get all the gems. I simply cannot. I don't care about skins. That's fair. Um, all in all, I love Crash Bandicoot. Mm. I always have. It's a childhood staple of mine. And I could probably talk about it for a lot time longer, but I've been talking about it for over an hour as it is, so <laughs> it's probably time for me to cut it there. Oh, that's a fair call. Um, yeah, there was so much more to Crash Bandicoot than I knew. As a very casual, like, beat the main story, get done with it game for me, it's that's that's so much more than I knew. For someone who thought I was a much more hardcore fan than I apparently am, um, <laughs> there's a lot that I have missed and a lot that I don't know. Um, it's crazy when you actually look into the, the meat of things, yeah. how much you might not know sometimes. Um, and did you know that, that Forge is just a retcon for all the games that came after 3? Huh. So any anything weird that happened in those other games is apparently corrected by this one. No, oh, that's fine then. Then that's that's a good reason I didn't cover anything else. <laughs> um, actually, no, that's a lie. They do bring in for that one cutscene with um, the the female mm -hmm. whatever when the weird cutscene that I just talked about. Mm -hmm. They bring in the main villain from Crash Team Racing, so he is still canon. Also, oh, Crash okay. Crash Team Racing is still canon. All right. That's okay. He's not a boss fight, but he's there, and he talks over the loudspeakers in the next few levels you play. So, all right, well, neat. Hell yeah, so. Crash Bandicoot. It's about time we covered it. It is. It is for me at least. Yeah, glad you got to listen to my sultry, dulcet tones for the last <laughs> hour and ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you can find us, you know, at the truenutralpod at gmail.com and truenutralpod on Twitter. Yeah, I'm Mr. Dab himself, and I thought we didn't do this on bonus episodes. <laughs> oh, we don't. <laughs> Bye. Peace out. <laughs>